Welcome to the GNA Podcast, Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, where we get drunk and talk about stuff. And you know what? I keep saying that I'm going to lay off the alcohol a little bit, but I can't. I've got this special batch bourbon that I just I can't seem to keep my hands off of. It's ah oh God. It's like when your when your wife starts working out and she gets those really firm buns and you just like you can't help but just grab a hold. It's it's that. It's like that. It's exactly like that. Uh anyway. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm randomly rattling on here, but this time I'm not alone. Like I was last week. It's okay. I screwed up last week. I totally screwed everybody's time schedule up. I think I record on like a Wednesday, so my fault. Anyway, we're being joined tonight by D from Microbrew Gamers. How are you doing tonight, D? Doing all right. Rock you know what would be a great marketing thing? Selling those bottles of alcohol with an attached Tums on the side. <laughs> Dude, really? Like for those people who've got... Uh, uh, acid reflux like seriously like just sell them a bottle of booze with a bottle of tums they'll just sit there and like chew 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 grug gargle goggle chew 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 that or an exam one of the two yeah man that or you just got to do enough coke that it doesn't affect you whatsoever just like your system is going at mach 2 and we're being joined tonight by shinzu shinzu man how are you feeling on this fine evening I'm feeling most excellent. I've been gone for, what, two weeks now again? Because we, we missed one, and I missed last week. I think so. About two weeks. Yeah, so about two yeah. weeks, yep. But I'm back. Having a good time. Just vibing, chilling, drinking. Back in black! Wait, I don't... I don't where the hell... I was going into... I just mixed back in black with it is hot, hot, hot. Because I was just about to go banana, banana, like... Ooh, maybe I should start getting high or something like i i need something i, I think, think maybe I think you should stop me. licking the paint no don't you no no do not have to do that it's like my just like eating bacon my doctor said i don't have to stop eating bacon okay so first segment what is everybody drinking i'm going first because well i don't know what you guys are drinking but i'm still really excited about what i'm drinking so a couple of weeks ago i went to kentucky and while I was there, I went on this bourbon mixing um, tour where literally I went to a place. They educated me on how they used to give bourbons to people, like how they used to blend bourbons was you would get whatever barrels of bourbon you could get. And then you would go up to your bourbon mixer and you would say, I want something like this. And then they would mix it right there for you and give it to you. And then they'd remember what the mix was. But when you would go back like a week or two later or whatever it may be. You might get completely different barrels there, so you might not get the same recipe that you did before. So I learned how to mix bourbons, and I actually made my own recipe, which I've got written down. I didn't, I, I didn't uh, do the stupid thing of make it and then just, you know, it's gone forever. But I have a very specific private batch. If you look at it, it says GNA Special Elixir, and it says up top private batch, and what you can't see. Is that at the very, very bottom, right? At the very bottom, can you see what it says? This very small batch. Because there's literally only two bottles of this that were made. Um, so last week, I tried it just sipping it, which I've got here. Which is really nice. It's a really nice sipping uh, bourbon. Um, most of my bourbons that I've ever had, I don't know about you, do you guys drink bourbons? Oh my god, yes. Okay, okay. What's your favorite bourbon? 
as of right now, my, my go-to is a maple bourbon from uh, Saxon Distillery. Nice. So a lot of maple wood in that. They probably mix in a little bit of American oak. Um, and that's maple where syrup. Really, that's where you get the maple. Well, no, actually, I don't know if they'll actually, do they actually mix in maple syrup? Because a lot of time they'll use maple wood and they'll just go heavy on maple wood because that'll give it a maple flavor. No, it's actual maple syrup inside as well. Interesting. I gotta find it's out like, that recipe. It's super smooth, and it's not. You'd expect it to be like super sweet, but it's really not. It's just really smooth, and it has that nice maple kick at the very end. And it's just like I could drink an entire bottle of that stuff. It's so good. So this stuff that I'm drinking, which is the GNA Special Elixir, has a bit of a smoky hit to it. Um, it's maple. It's American. Uh, it's cherry, and it's uh, smoked oak. To give the flavor, um, and just as a sipper, like I, I like so I like my whiskeys. Sorry, I like my scotches specifically to be a little bit more on the sweet side and a little less on the peaty side. But when it comes to bourbon, I like that smoky flavor that's in it. That kind of like that kind of shoe leathery, kind of shoe polish scent, I guess. So I've got something that I'm drinking. And I've actually dr- drank about half of it already because I like it. Uh, just straight, but I'm also trying it because, as you know, bourbons can be mixed. Now, the best thing to mix in a, to make, make a, with bourbon is probably a Manhattan. I don't have any bitters here. My fault. So, I just mix it with some Coke to see what it's going to flavor, what it's going to taste like. Um, let's see what it is. Hmm. Interesting. So the caramel notes and it cancel each other out and you get almost entirely like a wood kind of like just wood flavor. Like, you know, when you're at a campfire, not like a really smoky campfire, but you get that case of wood in the air. It's like that. That's weird. Anyway, so that's what I'm making. And uh, anybody who comes down and visits me, I've got a second bottle that I'll be force feeding everybody else. And I'm hoping that nobody likes this so that I don't have to keep giving them more and I can save it all for me. Super selfish, but don't give a rat's ass. What about you, D? Are you drinking with us tonight? I am. I'm not drinking anything uh, really awesome and spectacular like that. I just had the rest of my Shmirnoff vodka I needed to finish off, so I decided to mix it with uh, Cherry 7-Up to see how it would turn out. Ooh, and... It tastes pretty good, but with the, it makes almost the cherry stand out even more. But it's a little on the sweet side, so. Hmm. I, think, I think next time, you know, I might just go with, like, Sprite or something else. But the, the cherry 7-Up's a little on the sweet side for it. Don't forget, you can go with vodka, peach schnapps, Sprite, or, uh, sorry, not Sprite, grape soda. Mm-hmm. Purple peach. Nice. I should probably grab some of that. Yeah, man. Dude, I want to try that with grape knee high. But I did go to um, I did go to a um, like a former monastery <clears throat> while in Germany, and we got the beer there, which oh, was dude, fantastic. How, how was your? I don't think you've been on since your Germany trip. No. Oh, dude. Okay. After this, you got to tell me all about the Germany trip. I'll have to. Shinzu. I'm keeping it uh, pretty classy tonight. I'm drinking a nice port. 
Oh, look yes. <laughs> I'm going a fancy pinky out. Uh, I went. I went on a little bit of a road trip recently, and uh, decided to stop at a liquor store. And a friend of mine said, "Hey, do they have any of this specific port brand whose name I t- currently forget?" And they said, "Yes, they do, and they have like a ton of it, and it's on sale." So they said, pick us up eight bottles. And I'm like, eight bottles? Oh, wow. They want eight bottles of this port. They got to know something. So I bought myself a bottle, and it is damn good. Ooh. see, It's damn good. You got to describe the entirety of it to me, because ports for me are super sweet, and I got to be in the mood for them. It is sweet. It is sweet, but it's very, like, very fruit- notes and that kind of like fades into like an oakish vanilla flavor but my friend and i have discovered a little bit of water in there cuts the sweetness down completely and it turns out to be more like uh just a normal like really heavy wine that's a lot higher apv very interesting so like ports for me i i i have to be eating something sweet with them and i don't know why I mean, it's a dessert wine, I understand, but I always thought it was a dessert wine because it was sweet, and you would drink it kind of for dessert. See, that's the difference between you and me. You relegate your alcohol to specific situations. I'm just open to everything. Uh, I would I would say that I'm open to things. I just, I, I have certain alcohols that only strike me in the right, you know, in the right mood. Like, for instance, I can't drink scotch any day of the week. I wish I could. Like, I don't have a booze that I can just drink every day of the week. Um, like, even bourbon. Bourbon, I really have to be in the mood for. And the reason I'm drinking it now is because I went to Kentucky and it got me in the mood for bourbon. So, like... So you're, the kind of, you're the kind of guy where, like, bourbon will come in and be like, hey, let's do something. You're like, not tonight, sweetheart. I have a headache. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Bourbon will walk in and be like, hey, been a few weeks. You say, you and me in the back room? I'll go, not today. I just, I got a headache. I can't do it. My back hurts. Just can't make it happen. <laughs> All right. So, um, we were talking about something before the show. What the hell was it? Aliens. Aliens. Well, that'll lead me right to the next segment really well. What is ever, or a state of games? State of games where we talk about what we've been playing for the past week or so or two. Uh, or we pontificate on how we feel gaming is just in general. Let's reverse that right around, man. Shinzu, what is your state of games, man? Not great, uh, unfortunately. Um, I have been streaming more of the Mortuary Assistance. Um, and then I was like, you know what? They just dropped Arc 3.0 for Destiny. Let's log in and see how that is. Well, it's not great. <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I went to play it and I didn't have high hopes in the, in, in the beginning and I'm watching the the hunter class and the titan class just be like ridiculously OP and I'm sitting there as like a a titan go- or as a as a warlock going like eh eh because we can't really do too much and then like I played the first like storyline mission for it and then immediately had to play the same exact thing again and i'm like that's weird like that's kind of weird and they're like oh yeah here's a new thing here's something else you got to do you can now do whatever you want the map is your oyster and i look at the map and i'm like there's only like three things to do to keep 
up with the current weapons and stuff and I have to play the same thing over and over and over again. I'm like, I literally just played one mission and now it's right back to the grind. And I dropped that game because it was such a grind. And I'm like, ah, I can't, I, I couldn't do it. So I just put the game down again. I'm like, I can't go back to the grind. I, I left it for like two weeks and I came back and I just felt like someone had just nailed me to the desk and said, you must play this game. And I'm just like, I really don't want to. Dude, I wish I could say like all games now have turned into that because like there's it's just they got to keep that player base man they just it's it's frustrating as hell the worst part is is if they would have like stopped vaulting stuff all the time they could have had some sort of like level progression instead you jump in and you're immediately at the newest content like you don't have to go through a bunch of stuff you basically are just right there and you immediately go right into the grind rather than kind of going through a bunch of the stuff and i think the king's fall or whatever it is the raid just got released and i haven't even wanted yeah i haven't even wanted to go back and do that one i'm just like no i just uh so i'm on the fence about it because i really enjoyed those old raids however i'd much prefer new raids versus rehashing old material Uh, i mean at, at this point in time we're literally a stone's throw away of having all destiny one content in destiny 2 we are, and I think that's one of the worst things about this game is, like, it's the best worst game. It'll keep you, like, engaged for a little while, and then afterwards it just becomes a slog. And yeah. then if you if you play the game long enough, you start realizing that a lot of the content they're giving you now is just either exact copies of what they previously had or literally just re-releases. Like, mm. there hasn't been a really decent new raid that I've been like, oh, I love it. Like, I love Vault of Glass. Love Vault of Glass. But like that was like the last like raid that I was really excited about. I'll still run Vault of Glass when people like ask me to. I'm like, oh, I love that one. Let's do it. Yeah, I liked. Uh, I really liked Callus and the Leviathan raid. When they vaulted that, I was like, oh. See, I get why they vaulted that one because the the now the storyline and the ship and whatnot. I really I really like the Crota raid too. Um, and they took that one away, and I'm like, I can't we just. Or was the one you? Maybe that was Oryx. Maybe that was that one. Hang on, Crota. No, I'm sorry. Crota was a dungeon. That's right. Crota was a dungeon. Oh. I like I like doing that dungeon. Yeah, I like doing that dungeon. And uh, they took that one away. So I remember um, the last like week or last two weeks in August, they had like the same like three like Vanguard raids, and I'm like, they could literally just leave all of them open. You just cycle through them, mm. and. And it'd be great because you wouldn't have to run the same thing over and over and over and over again because they make you run three of them to get pinnacle gear anyway. So you wouldn't have to run like at any given time. You could actually run two of the same like in a row. It's ridiculous. What about you, D? What is your state of games there, man? A little bit better, actually. I um, picked up the Cowabunga collection on the Switch. Which is a rehash. It's basically a re-release of all the old uh, Ninja Turtles games, you know, arcade, NES, Super NES. And I've been playing that with the family, just, you know, kind of trying to power through that. That's been a lot of fun because I, I love the old arcade Ninja Turtles games. But it's even got, like, the NES games, the, the Game Boy games. It's got, like, everything. Are they remastered or are they just straight exactly the way they were? You know, it's been so long since I've played some of them, I don't really remember. But they look to be pretty close to the same thing. Um, you know, and keeping the aspect ratio because you're like, you know, it doesn't use the whole screen, so you got that yeah. screen in the middle type deal. So yeah. I think it's pretty much almost like a direct port. 
So I don't, I don't think they added anything new or anything else. But like I said, some of those games have been so long since I've played, I wouldn't be able to tell you. They really altered them a little bit. But you, you even have some of the uh, fighting, the Ninja Turtles fighting games. Do you remember like the tournament fighters and stuff? Vaguely. Very vaguely. Yeah, they're not, they're not the greatest, but at least they included them too, which is kind of cool. I mean, you get a little bit of everything. Nice. Nice, nice. And of course, I played a, I've been playing a, um, an original, well, a, a original Game Boy game that just came out called Gelatinous. There's a few small indie developers that are starting to re-release, like, program and make games for, like, old systems. And I got this one Game Boy one called Gelatinous, and it's pretty cool. It's like a little, you get turned into this little slime, and it's basically like a uh, physics platformer. Oh, shit. Huh. Well, I say, my, uh, my state of games has been actually pretty good, surprisingly enough. I, I really, I don't know, like, just shit's going on, so... I haven't really felt like playing games, but jumped on actually yesterday with you, D. And we were playing some Terraria. And we started off new characters so you didn't just load into my game and then go down and defeat the wall of flesh and then go, hi, Cecil. Um, so that was fun. And that actually kind of sparked me to uh, play a few other games. So I was playing Contrast with my daughter. You remember the old PlayStation 3 game, Contrast? Yes, I do. It was a pretty neat one. Yeah, very story-driven, puzzler, fun, fun game. Uh, played through that with her. That was a good time. I also picked up, thanks to Shadow Fox, I picked up Gran Turismo 7. And I gotta say, man, like, PS5, Gran Turismo 7, like, my brain wasn't comprehending all of the things that go along with new next-generation consoles. Because the the Xbox, I got the Xbox, and like the controller's kind of cool. But there's not really much to it. Like it's just it's a, it feels better. You know, it's another controller. It just feels like a controller, dude. The PlayStation Five controller, hands down, I am giving them. It is the best freaking controller. So I'm 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 getting from you that that they use the haptic feedback with the Gran Turismo Seven. Dude, they used haptic feedback. They not only used that, okay. So, anybody who's driven a stick shift or driven an old automatic, let's say, like pre-2000 automatic, you know when you get in there and you start driving and it, like, you you punch the gas and you, you reach for those gears. You get that chunk as you reach for that gear. That's like, you get the, the vibration of you slamming it into that next gear and popping that clutch and going. Dude. Sitting there holding the controller. And not only do the triggers get more resistance, depending on what vehicle you're in, or depending on how fast you're going. Um, but like, as I'm driving, and it's shifting gears, it's actually shifting, like I feel the shift in the two, in the triggers. Not in the whole, well, I mean, I felt in the whole controller because, well, it's a small compact thing, but I felt them in the triggers more than anything else. Which, if you've driven a stick, you realize that you feel them in the pedals more than you feel them anywhere else when you when you get that good You know, dude, I keep going by it in the store, look at it, and I'm like, ah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up, one of these days I'm going to pick up Gran Turismo 7. I, I think I should check that out, but now I'm definitely convinced I got to pick that up. Dude, I was blown away. Like, I'm I'm a racing simulation fan, and anybody who knows racing simulation games, they'll go, well, you know, there's Forza. I'll go, yep, and you play Xbox. Anybody who knows racing simulation games knows Gran Turismo. Like, 
it's just it's the top tier when it comes to racing simulation. But I mean, and, it just blew me away when it first came out in the original PlayStation, and it just oh you know, yeah, it but was dude, just like, just so unique. The physics that they have now and the friction, it's just. Dude, I am I am ecstatic that I picked the game up, and there's a grind to it, and there's like there is more of a grind in this game than I think I have seen in any other Gran Turismo game, and I am happy to do it because the game feels that good. But also the effort that goes into that game. I mean, they actually visit the racetracks, map them out, they get the oh, physics, dude. they record stuff. I mean, it's insane how much they go into detail. Dude, like as you go over. As you go over bumps in the road and you you go over like the medians and stuff like that and you get onto ground, like everything feels different. It's just it's it's worth a shot, man. It really is worth a shot. Um, I've been playing so I've been playing Gran Turismo uh, Contrast. I was playing. I also was actually just playing a game called Terminator Resistance, and that game is. I'm kind of gonna put it on the scale on like the little bit like generation zero a little bit like fallout um newer fallout not older fallout yeah like a cross between generation zero and fallout that's that's the feel i get to it it's probably closer to generation feel because of the robots but i haven't gotten that far in it yet so i haven't been any like t100 t101s or t1000s or anything like that but it's fun. It's enjoyable. It's definitely worth, uh, if you can get it on sale, I think it's definitely worth the play. All right, D. Tell me about Germany. How was it? It was great. I mean, they did have a little bit of the heat wave, but it, I caught the tail end of it. So I had a couple days of the heat and then it uh, cooled back off to more normal temperatures. Oh, good. But man, it, it was great. I mean, we saw the, uh, we toured the Imperial Castle at Nuremberg. Which was one of the major centers of power during the time. You know, if, if, if you were like, you know, powerful, you had that castle at Nuremberg, you would stop in. You know, the, you know, it was, it was really cool. It was, uh, you know, one of those castles that aren't just in ruins and stuff like that. It's still pretty much complete. Hmm. Yeah, you, know, you know what I mean? And is it yeah, the classic thought of a castle? Like the stone with the archer slots and the fort looking? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Things enormous. Well, yeah, the reason so, yeah. I say that is because there's a lot of castles, and I, I put in air quotes castles, and like that France are more palaces, and, and England that are more they look more like palaces than they do castles. No, no, no. no. This is this is a castle complete with a tower, and um, me and my buddy, you know, of course, you know, he's also former military, but of course, both of us are out of shape as fuck, right? So we got we got the uh, tour for the castle, and then we got the tour for this big like one of the, like the main watchtower. Fuck, that spiral staircase went on forever, man. <laughs> Shit. I mean, we had to stop a couple times. We're like, jeez. <laughs> it yeah, took man. us forever to get to the top. But then it was cool because that's where they had, like, when you get up to the you know very top, they had all the, 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 the iron, like, doors that would propped open where they had, originally they had, like, the watchtower with the old guns, like, the old cannons and where they'd fire out. Yeah. So it was pretty neat. So it was really oh. neat. And you could, and they just had like where the open, where used to be open windows. Of course, for safety, they put the metal bar so you can't, nobody can slip through, fall through. But then you could pull out, you know, your camera, and take pictures, and and you you know how like with a lot of the castles, the paint and the murals are starting to fade, and so you you know there's like no pictures and everything else. It's just no flash. They allowed pictures inside of it. It was just no flash, so we got to go around taking pictures of all the cool stuff. Of course, it had a museum inside of it, so you got to see all the old armor, including some of the armor of some of the foreign nations that tried to like you know attack or invade too. 
you know, you had all the old, uh, the, the old rifles, guns, and cannons from about, you know, that time. You know, when they, st- you know, when they started getting towards the end of, you know, the armor knights and more towards the gunfire and the cannons. And what's cool is that there was, like, this one rifle that, I mean, it was enormous. And I'm like, how the hell? Well, it took two people, one to kind of fire it, and the other guy had to have almost like a little pike thing with a hook that would hold it up on the front and stuff like that. Like, literally took two people to aim and fire it. So it was, wow. it was pretty neat. They had all kinds of, they had the armor there. They had, <clears throat> like, the horse armor. They had the weapons of different types of pikes, halberds, swords. You know, you know, they had the, um, you know, some of the devices they used to tell time or, like, you know, like distance. They had some of the stuff they used for, like, the, you know, water navigation. They had all kinds of cool stuff. Oh, that's awesome. And um, I, I, was, I was looking through, and, like, I also had all the, uh, the main noble houses at the time for, like, that area and everything else. Uh, yeah. I, I just kind of had to chuckle because I came across one that was uh, Brandenburg. And you know, you're like, what? Well, you know, I, you know, I, I used to, um, I had a soldier on my team that I helped train with the communication stuff, and then he decided to go with special forces and made it. Uh, he, he, he was probably, he was, you probably told me yeah. about him, and I, I just don't yeah. recall. Yeah, go ahead. He's actually part of that family. He was a Brandenburg. Oh, nice. Like, you, you only have that last name if you're part of that family. He's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he, he was kind of like a southern redneck guy, you know, but you, he was really, he was like one of them. <clears throat> so it's kind of cool. I and mean, it was cool that he, he was a really cool guy. And he made it just, when I saw Brandenburg right there, it just, it just made me remember my old buddy, you know? That's awesome. But uh, yeah, we also, we did a lot of like, there's a lot of hiking trails over there too. Like all over the place. The Germans are big into walking and hiking. <clears throat> and these hiking trails right throughout the forest and nature. Now, it, what's really cool is like, you know, there's even areas like there's no parking. You know, you don't, you can't drive there and park it. But like on some of those walks, they'll have like, you know, like a little kid's playground where you could stop with your kids and play. They'll have like little random playground, you know, for the kids. You know, we continue yeah. to walk through, and then they had like a little, almost like a little water playground, and then there was like a little area on the edge of a big pond or lake, you know, like a beach for swimming, just like you, you walk through and the, there it is, you know, and they had a, uh, like a little restaurant there. It's like, there's all kinds of cool shit along the way, you know what I mean? That's just like, you know, wherever you go, there was like, there was two kids, like, playgrounds right within walking distance of my buddy's house. So, would you call it, like, touristy? No, no, this is, this wasn't a big tourist area. This is by uh, where my buddy lived, um, which down in Bavaria, but he wasn't, I mean, it's not too far away to go to Regensburg, which is touristy and some of the other areas. Like, you know, uh, we were also like about an hour and a half away from Munich and everything else, but no, the Germans just really like to have a lot of family friendly stuff all built in. They'll have parks, plenty of parks to go to. Like we went to this one park and it was like a canal system. So part of the canal you could swim in. So they had people like. It created some rapids. You actually had people that did like the kind of the surfing on the rapids thing. They were right there doing that. You could walk around this, you know, nice with gardens and everything else. You'd have the canal. Some people were swimming in the canal. They'd mark off where you couldn't, where it wasn't safe. But it, it was really cool. Everybody just walk around, chilling out, having a good time. You know, little street vendors of the food, you know, so you can get yourself some nice food. Of course, I ate, you know, I ate some really damn good Jager schnitzel. I ate some donors, you know. I drank a lot of the um, light beers, like the, the, the Hessa light beers. Uh, they were really good. Uh, I had, you know, of course, a Hefeweizen, but I actually drank a bunch of uh, beers that I, you know, the light beers I don't normally touch. You know, I decided to try a few new things because, you know, Hellas, because uh, he recommended, my buddy recommended it. Uh, we went swimming in a, in, in a big, like, pond, lake area. Uh, and then we also went to this other area, like, uh, um, that was like a little beach, like, on a, on a big lake. It was like a small beach, you know, and they layered it and everything else. It was kind of like, you know, like stacked and everything else, you know, kind of like um, like those gardens, like you have a flat hour here, it goes up, and then there's a flat part here, 
and like right by the you know end of the sandy beach, which is all it's all like you know human created, but. They had a they had a bar there too, so you could get all your mixed drinks and everything else. There's a bar right there. There was a restaurant right up there, you know, with restrooms and everything else. Um, so it was pretty chill. I mean, we went to um, we did go to an Irish pub, of course, yeah, because there was an Irish pub in Regensburg that we liked. That you know, went there, had some food there, and everything else. Had a few drinks there. I don't know why, but an Irish pub in Germany just it doesn't work in my brain, man. It just it does not compute. You know, it's the hilarious, most hilarious part. I've been to several Irish pubs in Germany in several different areas, right? And then you, you'll hear like an odd accent with the German that's being spoken, and the guy's like, "Oh, I, you know," he'd be like, "He's really from Ireland." He, you'd literally have Irish people there. And it's, I mean, that's <laughs> respectable. Yeah, they'd have a couple Irish guys working there. He'd be speaking fluent German too, but you know, Irish as hell. You know, complete the whole. You'll crack right into the you know English with the whole Irish accent. <laughs> you know, tell you why he's there and everything else. So it was pretty cool, man, and um, so it was pretty enjoyable. We did, like I said, we did a lot of walking, which is awesome. Um, cool. So it was just it, it was just really healthy, you know what I mean? We did we did a bunch of swimming because it was warm and everything else. So that's awesome. Yeah, the one thing you'll, you'll find that Germany it's it's surprisingly family friendly and fr- and family oriented. It really is, you know. So that you're. Yeah, you're never too. Way. Yeah, you're, you're never too far away from a lot of family friendly stuff. Uh, uh, and they're like I said, they're big and uh, you know, big and you know, riding bicycles. So there's plenty of those trails for walking, also for riding bikes. They got the electric bikes, regular mountain bikes, and you know, of course, everybody's walking. Um, yeah, it's 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 it was really nice. So Shinzu, you made a beer. I did make a beer. So tell me about this beer. Can you so, give me the four one one here? It was, um, it was a pain because uh, as we were making the beer, you know, it's traditionally five gallons. So I have built my own mash tun out of cooler and we had tried boiling the water and the, uh, the outside burner we had with the propane tank attached to it just was not getting hot enough. So it took (laughs) forever to get the water to boil, but then we put in some, you know, put in a little the oats that we needed to do slash grain. And then we, uh, we had some fresh, like legitimately fresh hops that had been frozen for the year prior. Cause my friend grows hops. So we just used those cascade hops and we pitched them at like 15 and then 30 minutes in. And then we just put some in right as it was pulling off the boiling pot after we, you know, poured the water into the mash tun, then let it steep there for like an hour, then poured it into the pot, boiled it again, then that's when we added the thing. So it's like, it's basically just like a smash, a very quick, easy to do IPA, and it was ready to go in like two weeks. And we just hooked it up to um, a keg and put some CO2 on it because we didn't want to wait to have it naturally do its fermentation or naturally carbonate itself. But it was super good. It was it was about I think it was like between five and six percent, and it was just super crushable. Like I was just crushing that like all day while we were camping. I was just crushing that like nonstop. Nice, nice. I actually did not have a uh, topic for tonight. Um, I'm excited in a couple weeks to get the to do the next episode of the GNA or next session of the GNA Miss Adventure League. Uh, I think we're doing that the 16th. 
That's what we got it rolled for the 16th. So that's going to be a fun, fun time. I actually, uh, I've written out about 90-ish percent of the remainder of the story. Because I, uh, my, my writing process, unfortunately, is not like I sit down and I have everything of whatever could happen through the entire story like right off the bat. Usually the first session I've got a skeletal structure of what I want it to be or what I think it'll be. And then usually after the first session, I figure out where people are going to go. And that's where I like, that's where I make my mark. I go, okay, this is where people are kind of like working their way towards. This is how the storyline is going to go. So I've got a really, um, I've told two people, one being my daughter, uh, one being somebody, actually one being one of the people I was at the bourbon trail, Kentucky bachelor party with, um, so it's going to be, it's going to be interesting where we go from here. I've got, uh, I've, I've got a breadcrumb trail that the players are already on. They've already figured out part of the breadcrumb trail. It's just to see how long they take to figure out the rest of the breadcrumb trail. Oh, but that's going to be and super, ha- super fun. And a happy notice, they're not just a bunch of murder hob- hobos. So far, they're not, but they are pretty quick to fight. But I'm glad. I'm really glad on this last session. Because there was two people. There was actually your character mm-hmm. and Magnate's character down at the down at the beach. And I'm really glad that you guys took my warning from the first session to heart. Because. All right. I'm going to give you a little hint about something coming up. And D, this is going to be a little info since you came to the show tonight that you'll have. Nobody else will. And hopefully you use this for good and not evil. This is something that in every every DMing conversation I've ever gotten into, they always say, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. There are going to be, depending on how you guys go, several battles that you physically cannot win. Um, and the outcomes of these battles are going to be a lot of different things. Hopefully none of the battles turn out as a total player wipe. There is a distinct possibility that that could happen. Well, you know what they say, play stupid games, win new character sheet prizes, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And the best prize of all a blank character sheet. No, I'm, I'm I'm trying to run this one. So I've, as I said, I wrote, I've written out about 90% of it. And, um, and I, I, I've got some ideas on how I'm going to make it work. I hope that you guys are all like, when you figure out a hundred percent what's going on, I hope that you guys are like, holy shit. Um, time will tell. I just hope we get to the end of this one because it's nothing more frustrating than when like I get that inspiration and I get everything written out and then it just peters off and like I never get to finish. It's like it's like edging waiting for uh you know waiting for your your significant other or whatever to enter the room and be like, Yeah, yeah, ready to go and then they're just like, Nah, I got a headache and you're like, Ooh. They um, they actually have a new model of the PS5 that they've been uh, releasing too. 
Oh, really? Which one's that? Uh, it looks the same. I mean, you're on, on like just inspection quickly, like looking at it, it's not going to look any different. Okay. Um, it is a little bit lighter, so it's going to be lighter than the PS5. It has a smaller heat sink and different fans. So they did a few adjustments, and although it seems like counterintuitive, so far the reports are it probably runs about the same temp as the old one. Really? And it, you should get the same performance out of it because they, they did a little bit better when they reconfigured stuff. They did a little bit better, I guess, with the airflow so they can go with a slightly smaller heat sink without actually having it run hotter. So there's been like conflicting reports I've seen. Some say it runs a couple degrees hotter and some say it's actually cooler. So, but uh, but otherwise, it's not really the only way to tell, you know, from first glance is to actually look at like the serial number will give it away. Interesting. So I just thought that'd be my, you know, because we like to play PS5. I just thought that was interesting. So now people that are getting them now are going to get a slightly different model from, like, say, what we have. So I got a question for you, being a PS5 mm-hmm. owner yourself. Um, is your PS5 loud? Um, not too bad. It, it, it does run, like, a little bit louder than, say, like, the PS3, PS4. It does run a little louder. But I'm also deaf as a post. <laughs> My hearing has gotten so much worse lately. <laughs> so here's why I asked that question. Um, when I turn my PS5 on, it has a loud hum to it. But I know that that's the CD-ROM driver, the Blu-ray drive, spinning up and reading the disc, and then it finally calms. Once that calms down, I barely hear the damn thing. Granted, it's across the room, so maybe there's that, but... Okay, so that's what you're just talking about, the initial, just the initial speed up of the, yeah, I mean, they mine does it too. No, but after that, is it loud? Oh, after that? No, really, I don't really notice it. Yeah, I, I don't know. At the Xbox, I gotta I got admit, the Xbox X mm-hmm. is pretty quiet. Like, I have that yeah. literally, so the PlayStation I have are probably 10 feet across the room, but the Xbox X is literally right next to me, within like three, four feet of me. And when I turn that thing on, like I hear it like turn on and it spins up and does its whole, hey, I'm awake, I'm awake, I'm alive. And then after that, it's almost dead silent. Yeah, the PS5 is known to be a little bit louder than that, but I have them sitting right next to each other right up here. A few feet yeah, I'm me. super surprised on how quiet it actually is. It's um, also a bit smaller. I mean, I mean, thicker. You know, it's, it's thicker because it's more boxy, but... It, I thought it was surprisingly compact, the Xbox One X. Surprisingly oh, yeah. small and compact, and I'm, I'm impressed with it. Compared to the PlayStation 5, the PlayStation 5 is very bombastic. Like, it's it's loud. You you, you can't hide that thing in a room. Yeah, it, it, it's like, you know, you get it, it's like, hey, guy, you're, you, you know your furniture? Yeah, get a, get a bigger shelf. Yeah, right. Um, have you guys been tracking there's a Silent Hill 2 remake that some surf some pictures surface stuff online? I heard tell us something about it, but I haven't read too much into it yet. So I'm still trying to decide, like and I haven't read all the article. Which shame on me, it probably tells me right in the damn article that this this is a homemade whatever thing or, or something like that. Um but I'm de- like I'm debating on whether it's a fan made one or if it's legit real. It looks good. Like it looks like it's true to a um, 
remake. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, don't know what else to say here. But let me, uh, let me quickly scan this because it looked like it, it looks, it looks well done. Let me see here. Uh, the company introduced uh, a year ago the company of Konami to provide con- uh, content, development, knowledge. Of course, it was Coolius. And I'm reading this off of wccftech.com. Yeah, I just saw a, an article too. It looks like there were some leaks, uh, leaked screenshots of uh, of Konami actually, you know, making it, not not a uh, fan made. Yeah, this does it looks like it's developed by Blopper, Blop, Blobberb, Blobber team. I'm saying that wrong. I got. I got to say though, the the images they look good. If this is indeed a true remake of Silent Hill 2, I'm. I wasn't really happy with the. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to put in quotes a remake of Silent Hill 1, you know, where they. Uh, remember Shattered Memories they came out with? It was like a retelling. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it was a remake, retelling. On, I don't know. However, I, I count it as a remake because it's literally the first storyline. They just kind of shifted some things around. Um, which in a remake, that's what you do. You shift some things around. Anyway, so I count it. So I'm curious if this is going to be like a remake or if it's going to be a like an eight. Like what, you know, when they say it's an HD remake where it's literally the old game, but they just update everything around it. Yeah, like they slightly update the graphics a little bit. Yeah, kind of like Borderlands. Remember when Borderlands 1 Enhance came out? It's yeah. literally Borderlands 1, but it's in the Borderlands 2 engine. I'm curious if it's something like that, or if it's going to be a true remake where they shift some things around and make it a more modernized version of the story. Oh, I'm curious. Uh, what else has been going on in the world of gaming and news? I know there's... Um Remember the Tales series, or not Tales, the uh, the Legend of Heroes series I really like? Uh, like yeah, they the, started off in the, the RPG, they started off on the PSP, at least for here, Western audiences. Okay, no, I was thinking like Legend of Evermore and stuff like that. Eventually gets into Evermore. the, uh, but eventually gets into the Trails in the Sky, you know, the Trails series. Okay. As part of the Legend of Heroes. They've got four new ones coming out in the next couple of years. Okay. So I've got uh, those four reserved, so I, I just think that's kind of cool, because it continues on that series I really like. Nice. So, it's... Um, I'm excited for that, because I still love those RPGs. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of good games coming out soon. There's a new uh, Mario Rabbids game coming out. Uh, for those that like that tactical game with the uh, Mario and the Rabbids characters. Okay. Yeah, so that, that was pretty neat game. My kid really likes it, so... Got that pre-ordered. I gotta admit, uh, just, the stuff that they added in Terraria is is pretty decent. Like I'm, yeah. I'm impressed with uh, with how much they've updated that. I mean, it's not like Hello Games level, but pretty cool. But um, I mean, yeah, th- th- there's been a lot of good, you know, a lot of good content they're adding in. Oh um, crap! I'm still, I'm still waiting for the. Uh, oh, but too bad I got pushed back. But uh, I really want to see the Advanced Wars One and Two remake come out finally. Oh, yeah. That was some bullshit. I had that pre-ordered, paid for. That was some bullshit. It's all finished. It was ready to go. And they're just like, oh, well, the stuff in Russia. Nobody, nobody going to get pissed at that game. Yeah, let it come out. 
Let it be free. But what do you? What were you saying? No, no, I was just uh, remembering um, a Hogwarts Legacy game it was supposed to come out. I think the end of this year. Yes, but it got yes. pushed to. Uh, I want to say early next year now. Yeah, it got pushed back, but uh, you know, because my wife's really looking forward to that—a big open world Harry Potter RPG. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And, the and wife the thing, is just super open world. Yeah, the wife's told me like I, you know, I'd die if I didn't get it for. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be a dead man if I didn't get it for. Uh, I would expect that. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, no, so I'm, I'm planning on pre-ordering like the special edition. She's a huge Harry Potter nerd. I mean, she just you know loves the Harry Potter stuff. So I'm absolutely going to get that because that should be fun. Oh, here's something that just came across my plate that literally just came across my plate right this second. Dune Awakening. Have you seen it? No. Massively multiplayer open world survival craft. That sounds cool. And, the, and of course, in the in the uh, universe of Dune. Arrakis, yeah. That is cool. Yeah, that's that sounds pretty boss. I don't know, man. Dune. Dune was a great... Uh, Dune was a great... Like, did, do you remember Dune CD, like, back for the PC, back forever ago? Yeah, I remember. I used to, I used to sit around when you played a lot of those games. Oh, God, I love that game. I love that game so much. That was a cool one. Um, oh, I just had another game in my brain, and now it just fell out. You know what game series that I, I honestly am a little disappointed on the direction that they went with it? Which is that? And I, I really wish that they kept it in its like isometric style view. Um, Persona. Yeah. Like they, it, it, it kind of started making Persona a lot more like the Shin Megami Tensei ones. Yeah. Yeah, like so. It really did. Like I, I liked the isometric, like, you were in first-person view, kind of scrolling around almost wizardry style for the first game. I even didn't mind, the, I think it was the second or third game where they made the exploration a little bit more, um, a little bit more, a little bit, a little bit less wizardry and more like one style. I didn't even mind that so much, but yeah, like they totally changed it around. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I really like that old uh, style of Persona One, and also even I, I even really enjoyed Persona Two. I did. Um, I did. Along with Sui Koden, that's another game that I honestly think should come back. Yeah, that was a great series. I still have. Um, I think I'm just missing like the later couple of them, like the later, like, maybe like five on um, PS2. But I have most of them. Shinzi, you're quiet over there, man. Sorry, I'm actually looking at jobs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> as I, well, what are you searching as I, for? As I do this, uh, jobs in information technology that are around my area. Since I'm going to be here for another year, since I, I just signed another lease with a friend of mine, so they can oh. cut living expenses down. So I was like, I'll just look for something that's open that pays decently, uh, that doesn't take up a ton of my time, so I can continue my own education in my own time. And I got really distracted. I fell into that deep rabbit hole going like, oh, this position looks cool. Let's take a look in the company. Oh, this company looks cool. Let's take a look at this other company that is also posting. And then I was still listening to everything you said. I was just like, yep, job no, hunting now. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good, man. No, man. If I can help, let me know. I'm more than happy to. Well, one, one neat thing I've been, uh, I've been following liking is that, um, of course, the company niece, you know, you got the um, Disgaea series and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, Nice has the Penny Presents uh, Nice Classic Volume Series it's been uh, releasing. 
Okay. It's basically releasing like classic, like remakes of classic, uh, their classic RPGs uh, in these like little special editions. And I, this is the third one just came out. I just picked this up a couple days ago, and that's uh, La Pucelle Ragnarok and Rhapsody oh. uh, on that. So they're re-releasing some cool old uh, RPGs, you know, re-releasing them on these little, you know, little special editions for the uh, for the Switch. And I really appreciate that. I really like that, uh, you know, because <clears throat> some of these games are getting pretty damn expensive if you want to, you know, revisit them. I just remembered what I wanted to say, and I, it's it's a gripe. Um, so I was scrolling through. Did any of you ever? Did any of you pick up Aliens Fireteam Elite? No. Okay, I see Shinzu not. All right, then you may know my gripe right now. When I purchased the game, I spent all the money, made sure I got the uh, the highest level one of whatever they could possibly come out with. It came with season one and season two of whatever the hell it was. I'm like, yes, I've got content for at least the next like year and a half. You know what I just found out? I wasn't paying attention because the game fell off my radar. Oh, it's a content for like 10 minutes. No. They, re- they released a new DLC pack for it, which is a charged DLC that doesn't encompass in that season one, season two crap. Right? Like, I thought, oh, man, I'm paying my premium right now. I figured, okay, this is me and my infinite wisdom. I figured. What, what buying- do they do? Talk. What do they do? Talk to EA and say, good idea. Well, dude, I was buying it thinking like, all right, I'm doing Destiny where you buy Destiny and then you buy like the ultra premium pack and you get like the next four seasons, which basically equates to like the next year and a half of content. I was like, all right, cool. That's what I'm buying. Like I'm buying season one and season two. That's got to be like everything's coming out for the next year or so, right? Or maybe maybe 18 months. And maybe the game has been out for 18 months and now we're on that cusp where it's been out longer and I just don't realize it. It doesn't feel like it's been out for that long. But yeah, dude. I just saw it, and it's got, it gives you extra. It gives you more story. The one thing that I was griping about the whole time was that the story was so ungodly short. It was almost not like worth buying the game. And now, more stories come out, but you got to pay fifteen bucks to get it. And I'm like, oh, you guys. Yeah. The game is uh, a year old. It was launched in August 2021, according to Steam. And yeah, my major gripe with that game is that they had a wonderful idea. And then mm-hmm. they just nutted it. They took all the joy out of that game, and they could have done like one or two tweaks to make that game infinitely better. My friends and I bought that game. We descended on multiplayer, and then oh, yeah. like after a day or two, we're like, "This is really freaking boring," and we just all abandoned it. I haven't been back, dude. The story of it, I loved. Like I was going through it. I'm like, "Yes, this is what I wanted in Aliens game." I, we cranked through the storyline. I think we went through it on normal first. I'm like, all right, that was cool. Let's go through on the hardest difficulty level. Really crank this shit out. We did. Got through it. I'm like, yeah, that was cool. Then they released the swarm mode because the swarm mode didn't come out right away. We're like, all right, let's do swarm mode. So we do swarm mode. And it's like, all right, this is kind of fun. Like, one map. All right, well, let's, let's crank away on swarm mode. So we're sitting there playing swarm mode and everybody fell off. I'm literally the only guy like sitting there grinding away left left alive. And I'm like, all right, hold on. I finally gave it up. And I'm like, well, I guess uh, I guess that's all the content. I'll just wait for him to release more and I'll jump back in the game later. And then this happens. I'm like, oh, God, I just I want to go to their website. And just, like, I love like, oh, man, weapons felt good. Like all the different weapons felt good. The The AI, the enemy AI, it was a little lacking in some spots, but. All in all, 
it felt like I was fighting aliens. Like they were using the wall, they were using the ceiling. There were specific types that would you that would run across the floor more than anything else. It was still terrifying when you walked in and you saw those eggs, and they'd open up, and you'd be like, "Where the hell did the facehugger go?" Like it was still terrifying. There was still so much that was like, "All right, yeah, this feels good. I like this." Oh, but man, then they, then they do this shit. Well, Cecil, it all boils down to you shouldn't have wished for a new Aliens game with a monkey paw. You know, something always goes wrong. You know the old story, like Homer Simpson, he wished for a sandwich, and he was like, kind of dry. The sandwich is dry. That's what it was. It was. Yeah, he wished for it on the monkey paw, and now they kind of, you know, it was almost there, but then it kind of got you in the end. Well, there's another game coming out. It's uh, an RTS. I forget what the name is, but it's in the Alien genre. It's in the Aliens, um license i forget what it's called uh i got a i got a real i don't know kind of isometric not diablo-ish i got more of like a it it looked more turn-based but it says it's an rts so i'm giving it the benefit of the doubt that it's going to be like real-time strategy but there's a lot more to it like you had to get up to doors you had to weld them open or or seal them shut there was a real more strategy around it, and it was permadeath. So, like, if a if a sperp, if a character in your squad dies, they're dead for good. There's no bringing them back. And I like that idea. It, I like the roguelike idea of it. I just hope that they don't go down the route of like full on roguelike, where you've got to die a hundred times before you can finish the game once. Like Hades. Did you guys play Hades? Yeah. Okay. So Hades was great because you play the son of Hades and you die and you end up in Hades. And then you go through and try to escape Hades and you die and then you end up back in Hades or back in the underworld. It's like, all right, I get this. Like I'm I'm it's it's a cycle. It's Groundhog's Day. I get this. This makes sense. Um, even faster than light, you know, you start off your new crew. As you start going through, you get like you die more times, you get to the end, you you get permanent power-ups. I get that. Um Rogue, Rogue Legacy. Like, that's another great one where you go through and you're the son. Oh, okay, well, you're the son or daughter. That makes sense. You you inherited whatever they brought with them. So that makes sense of how you keep your powers. I just don't know how they're going to do it on this one because if, it, if they make it that way, I'll be, I'll be a little upset. In, in that kind of the same universe there, but getting away from games into movies, did you happen to see Prey? Yes! I enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved Prey. I felt... Uh, Shinji, did you see Prey? Didn't even know it was coming out. Oh, man. Okay, so it's it was released on Hulu, I think. I think Hulu actually like funded it or produced it or whatever. I'm not disappointed. Like, okay. Let, let's list off the Predator movies that we've had most recently. So we've had The Predator, which at the end of it, was literally it was a predator dropping off a suit so that humans could fight predators with a predator suit because it would honestly be easier just to quote the last good predator movie we've had so predator 2 yeah that's pretty much it predator 2 there's predator which was fantastic there's predator 2 which is good not great but it was good like how danny glover killed a predator I got to suspend disbelief a little bit. Okay. I'm, I'm going to run with it. I'm going to go with it. But yeah. And what do we have after that? We had aliens versus predator, which was utter trash. Like 
I love aliens and I love predator. I love the, did, did either of you read the first alien versus predator book or any of the alien versus predator books? I mean, I read no. some of the comics, but I didn't really read the books. So the comics actually, the, if you read the first arc of alien versus predator comics, it actually is the first book prey. It takes place uh, with Nagati, I think her name was, or Nagati or, or something like that. And she was working on a, a human colony off in the planet somewhere. They basically had herds of, I think they were Brahmin, to be perfectly honest, because they weren't cows. And predators seed the world with alien eggs, and a queen ends up getting hatched, and it starts taking over more of the Brahmin, and they have way more aliens than they can handle, and it turns into a whole shit show. Um, the first Alien vs. Predator book, if you have not read it, utterly fantastic. I want to say it's by Steve Perry or Stephanie Perry. It might even be by S.D. Perry, which is Stephanie and Danielle, or were Stephen and De- uh, Danielle Perry together writing the book. I honestly don't even remember. All I know is it's a great friggin' book. The movie, though, like there are elements of the movie that are just like the book. Like, for instance, you remember at the end, you guys saw Aliens vs. Predator, right? Shinzu? Okay, I'm so sorry that you did. But at least you'll understand what I'm saying. So at the end of that movie, you remember when the, the Scar Predator dies and, like, bloods her, like, marks her with his sign, and then, like, the other... So that happened in the book. Only in the book what happened is that they were being chased through a ship, and as they were being chased through the ship, the queen alien, which they found was chasing them through they got into like the cockpit and as it stabbed scar or whatever i think his name was broken tusk in the in the book stabs him through the chest basically like giving him a fatal wound she shuts the door on the queen's head basically decapitating her and like there was like she was kind of like hands through like this pulling through her head and then it slammed shut which of course severed her fingers and her head and you know there she's all dead well in the predator world or in the predator lore or whatever you want to call it culture when you become blooded they basically take one of the fingers off of a, off of an alien and mark you on the head with their specific sign well because broken tusk realized that you know, the human couldn't handle that type of acid on their skin without dying he picks it up and he spits on it to dilute it and i'm like oh that's kind of an interesting little tidbit that they put in there extra and then he marks her but the movie the movie just like literally takes that whole storyline and just destroys it and then alien versus two requiem god i honestly would prefer to have anal fissures than watch that movie again i've watched it once i never watched it because i was kind of disappointed with the previous one and heard bad stuff about that i just never never really had an urge good for you Alien vs. Predator Requiem was by far like a- AVP was trash. AVP Requiem, dude, if I didn't know better, I would say we bull directed it. Like, that's how bad it was. You know that scene uh, in South Park with George Lucas raping a stormtrooper? Yep. Yeah. It's, it's like that, except whoever owns AVP. Or the alien and the predator franchise, yeah, Fox is just just absolutely raping them because those those movies are right; they were absolutely atrocious. And I just the amount of star power they had specifically in like Requiem, and 
it was just like they thought this was a good idea like they were filming it and everyone's like yeah this is a great movie this is going to be amazing and and i'm just like how deluded are these people like if anyone read the script they could have told you this was just absolutely a pile of shit why and how it got that much money to be made and why they made it and why they build it as like a basically like a youtube apology video for the script they did beforehand and then still make it that much worse how well because it's hollywood (laughs) so then after avp requiem we had predators right it went predators and then the predator I'm pretty sure that's so. Out. Yeah, that's the one where they like get dropped onto the planet, right? And they're all just yeah. like in a hunting reserve. Yeah, yeah. Like that movie was. I'm not gonna say it was good. It was okay at best. Like, Let's just be realistic. That movie was basically just a giant like make the crowd happy, give them what they want and nothing but what they want. Just predators killing people and people battling predators. No storyline needed. Take a drink. Oh. And that's what Predators was. I mean, it was... It didn't bring anything new to the franchise. It had... um, So, the one thing that I did like is that they touched on in Predators the... So, you remember when they had the one Predator that was uh, tied up to the post and was basically getting the crap kicked out of them? Well, so, that is what happens when a Predator goes against the hunting code and their specific hunting code like they've got a whole bunch of different stuff in it in the books they go into it really extensively but some of the things that'll break against that is like you never like you only hunt something that can hunt you back if it doesn't pose a threat you don't touch it that type of thing and if you for some reason go against that code basically all of your kind just go against you and just murk you. So that was one thing that I liked out of Predators. Was, was I thought that was cool. Lawrence Fishburne's uh, his character in it, like God. I expected him to have a uh, volleyball with a face painted on it called Wilson. Right? Right? Like that that was what it felt it really felt like they were trying to go for that Tom uh Tom Hanks character. Oh wait, there was that one scene too where the, the uh the predator was like right there and then they turned around and the predator was gone too. Like the predator could have just immediately wipe them all out and he just was like, Ah, I'm gone. He was there for like the shock value and he was gone too. That was like my biggest problem with that movie is that every time the predators could absolutely just wipe them completely out, they just walked away that's sad is that i really like Lawrence fishburne but that was just kind of eh. i mean he did a good job playing a not so crazy person but like he should have read that script and said i am not getting near this with a 10-foot pole so, okay so here's some of my other things that i that were really bugged me about predators one the plasma cannon that they had all of a sudden, like, this thing can literally disintegrate an entire human body. Like, really? When did that happen? When, when did all of a sudden they turn that to 11? That's when they went to Windows 10. Yeah. Like, there there were so many things in Predators that just... They, they flopped them around. And it's just... It, you know uh, what the main thing about Predators that annoyed me was? 
the fact that they made it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the AVP movies for me. Like that's like they, they should have done so much better. There was so much cool potential in AVP. And then like, what, like, okay, AVP, what's, what's the, okay. When thinking back to AVP and I know it's going to be hard. What's one of the first things that come to mind that they just completely broke the first Alien vs. Predator movie. Don't you make us relive that trauma. <laughs> Don't come on, you come do on, that come to on. us, Ricky Bobby. Think, think, Don't think you put it. that evil on us. What's the one thing, the one most obvious thing that they broke in the whole Aliens mythos in that movie? Now I'm thinking real hard. Oh, the facehuggers? Dude, the facehuggers jumped on them and then immediately like, like fell off within like five minutes and then almost immediately there's a chest burster. So the gestation period of these specific alien eggs just happens to be what? 25 minutes. Something like that. Yeah, they really did. I don't even know if they explained that either. Like there's probably some short documentary afterwards explaining that these were specifically, <clears throat> specifically bred and created for the purpose of hunting. And that could very well be the case. But they were all that way. They're the drive-through version. But they were <laughs> the all big that lots way. version. Like literally, the predators literally seeded planets with aliens specifically to hunt them, and they seeded it, and then didn't show up for days to give the aliens a chance to, you know, develop. And you're going to tell me this thing went from face hugger to full grown alien in what an hour? I hated the fact that like we've never found alien like on the, on our planet before and yet we have all of these like areas where there are just nests on the planet earth all of a sudden as well so, like what the is this it's literally the book um aliens hive and it's a bastardization of aliens hive i think Al now aliens berserker had the big robot Earth Hive, I think it was Earth Hive and the first Alien vs. Predator book. It's like they took the two of them, mashed them together and said, yeah, let's make something work. I mean, Kevin Smith could have wrote a better Aliens vs. Predator movie. How can we inadvertently say global warming is going to kill us all? Oh, I got it. Let's put a giant alien temple under an yeah. iceberg. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> let's put it inside a giant glacier. It'll work. Oh my god. It's just yeah, so, so bad. So you know what the biggest vibe I got off of AVP? Freddy versus Jason. That's the entire time I'm thinking about. They never this movie was made as a joke. Like there's no way they're serious about this. They got probably got the same director, or the director at least watched Freddy versus Jason and was like, I want that. I want all of that. At least Freddy versus Jason was funny. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was absolutely Freddy vs. Jason was a fantastic movie because it was absolutely hilarious. This was just somebody watched that movie and said, we need to do this, but with aliens and predators. But let's take all the humor out and then just make it as cancerous as possible. I mean, dude, tell me tell me a funnier scene than a possessed kid going to freaking inject Jason Voorhees with about 30 times as much horse tranquilizer that's needed to take down a hippo. Like, tell me something not funnier. And then Jason just literally cuts the dude in two as he's injecting him. Tell me something funnier than that that's happened in a horror movie. 
And if you bring up Louis Bowles movie, I swear to God, I will drive to you and punch you in the testicles. Lamageddon, thanks killing any one of those movies. Okay, okay, I'll give you. I that. was actually going to say, um, do you remember uh, the movie Repossessed with Leslie Nielsen, which was a spoof on um, The Exorcist? That wasn't a horror movie. That was a parody of a horror movie. Technically, yeah, he's he's right. It was a parody. So you failed. They you failed. Turn your mic off and go home. <laughs> Like, okay, okay, Cabin in the Woods. Actually, Cabin yeah, in Cabin Woods. in the Woods was hilarious, and it also explains every horror movie. But Cabin in the Woods was a true, like, an actual horror movie that just happened to be funny as shit. Leprechaun? Okay, yeah, I'll give you Leprechaun. Gram- okay, so what, so what I said was 100% wrong. There are way more funnier scenes than a kid injecting Jason Voorhees with 40 times as much horse tranquilizer that's needed to take down a hippo and then get it cut in two. I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, I but it's, this is only like one of two movies in which case somebody got ridiculously high and got possessed as a result of being high and then proceeded to go against Jason Voorhees. Oh, true. So you yeah, that. Uh, I mean, you pick any, any movie that Jason Voorhees was in and uh, not necessarily possessed, but they got high all the time. All those kids are getting high constantly. Either smoking or getting drunk. Oh, getting drunk. Well, I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to think of the first movie where they get high. They were just having a lot of sex. Well, they, they were having sex. The whole the whole thing about the first movie was that it was um, the mother that was killing everybody. So she was just getting revenge on those that were ignoring and shirking their responsibilities. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, back back to back to my gripe on Aliens versus Predator. So then we had the Predator. Which it turns out that the Predator is actually that Predator's a good guy. But yet kills everybody in the, in yes, the thing. Murks yeah, everybody. Murks like, everybody. I'm going to kill you all. But I'm the good guy. At the very end, it turned out the real Predator well, was inside us all along. Well, I mean, have you seen Humanity? Yeah, I'd say he is the good guy in this case. I mean, you, have you seen, like, Florida Man, Florida Woman? We kind of deserve it. Yeah, that's a good point. We've so, already yeah. established that that Florida Man and Florida Woman are just cryptids. They possess people to do really stupid things, and they move on to find their next host. So, so they move to Texas. Oh, God. <laughs> is that why the grid's so fucked up down there? That's probably because at one point in time, Florida man and or Florida woman fell into a bourbon barrel and just got barrel aged for a while. Dude, come on, man. Florida man. Like every time I read something, Florida man, I know it's going to be good. It's going to be like, it's going to be like Monty Python met with, uh, do you remember like the trippiness that was the yellow submarine cartoon? Yeah. It's like something out of that. (laughs) It's just, you know, it's going to be fucking bizarre. Like, it, it, like another dimension. It's just weird. Uh, like, what did they do next? <laughs> Florida Man is the epitome of the truth is stranger than fiction. You ever play the game? Um, you have like four or five articles, and one of them isn't Florida Man, and you try to figure out which one is not Florida Man, the odd one out, and then if you get it wrong, you have to drink. I don't know, but I want to play this game. I want to play it right now. I want to. This game has to be played on this show. Find it. We will do it. I swear to God, I'll have a bottle of tequila ready. This has to happen. And I think I'm, we I'm, should. I'll try I'm to look at that game. Shaking my head. This has to happen. 
All right. So anyway, so back to Prey, which we totally tangent off there because now we just have to gripe about bad Predator movies. Prey was actually a good Predator movie. It was, it had the feel of the first two Predator movies where it was, it was back to the roots of there's just a single Predator and they're trying to basically like just go on a hunt. I think it's like they're coming of age. So, so uh, since I haven't seen it, um, they said this was like straight to like, this is something that Hulu had put forward and they, they paid for it and they had it created. So it looks like the secret of creating a good Predator movie is to remove Fox from the equation entirely. Well, so if that's not the case though, because if you, you got to keep in mind, Hulu, so Disney bought Fox. Hulu is owned by Disney. Yeah, so we remove Fox from the equation because it's Disney now. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that people from Fox are still working on it, but yeah, you're right. Remove remove uh, Fox from the picture and you get a good Predator movie. But does this mean that the alien queen is a Disney princess or queen? I hope so. Technically, yes. My God, I hope so. I want to see it in the next Kingdom Hearts. I better see aliens in the next Kingdom Hearts. I swear to God, I will drive to wherever I have to and cock punch somebody if I do not see aliens in the next Kingdom Hearts. Well, good luck. You're going to have to ride with me to make that possible because that's Japan. I'll do Squaresoft. it. Squaresoft. I'll do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, it's, yes, I'm there. No, so. Didn't one, Fox so, also own the, uh, like, the Marvel for a bit? X-Men. I'm nah, uh, oh, sorry, X-Men. But they, it was the Fantastic Four too, right? Did they produce the really bad Fantastic Four movies? They've all been really bad, so I'm not 100% sure. I think you're right. Yeah, Fox owned mutants. That's why you've never seen mutants in the MCU. That's why Quicksilver and Wanda Maximoff were both like genetically altered beings instead of mutants. Now that Fox is part of Disney, we can actually get mutants in there. Yeah, it's 20th Century Fox are the ones that did the Fantastic Four. Man, they just really strike out. Did they? Oh, did they do the Doom movie? Which if they one? did the Doom movie, the, like the one with the Rock, like the original oh, Rock one. If they okay. did that one, it's going to be like, yeah, that's that's the reason why. It's just I'm okay, looking so it up right now. That, sounds like Huey Bull has some competition. No, oh, that a was guilty, Universal. We we almost guilty, had him. A guilty pleasure of mine is I actually enjoyed the original, the first Doom movie up until they went first person shooter. Once they did that first person shooter segment, I was like, I don't know about that. Did you guys see Doom Annihilation? The newest Doom movie? Okay. I'm not going to say it was good, but it wasn't bad either. I'm a little concerned because whenever you say it wasn't bad, it's not good. And you're like, you should watch it with an open mind. People end up watching movies and then they'll be oh, scarred. No. Like you said, you basically said the same thing about Resident Evil. That was dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how you should describe the um, the human centipede to new victims. Now, see, okay, now, I, first off, first off, with Resident Evil, I just said it had a lot of nostalgia in it, and I enjoyed that part of it. I felt it was good because of that. Now, I'm not going to, I am definitely not going to say that you should go out and watch Doom Annihilation. However, if you are a Doom fan and you found the first Doom movie palatable, it's worth a watch. 
Um, it's a female protagonist this time, which I thought was interesting that they went with a female protagonist. I don't know if they were just trying to do like the whole woke thing or if there was like a specific reasoning behind it, but it didn't take away in my opinion, because it was still like, they still juiced her up on some super whatever hormones and she went and kicked it, kicked demons ass. So that was pretty cool. Okay. But before I forget, cause I keep getting side railed. One of the things I loved about prey was that it, it, t- it took place back in the 1700s. The predator's technology was like dwarfed. Like they didn't have a plasma caster. It was using, you know, a spear gun. It was using nets. It was using things like that. Um, I disagree. Only- I disagree because clearly, clearly in, in AVP during the old times, you could see them firing the plasma cannons from the top of their pyramids. Uh, I thought, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't, like, the, the Predators didn't actually develop their technology? They kind of just took and adopted it? Yep. 100%. They stole, like, almost every bit of their technology. Nice. At least that's how the just books went. Sure. Yeah. I can't say that. That's, 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 that's what I was referencing. I was referencing, you know, comic books, books type. Yeah. So the Plasma Casters, that's one of the reasons why AVP, I think, should be stricken from all of existence. Plus, the Plasma Casters weren't something that they had like it's not something that they originally came up with so they stole all of their equipment they stole literally everything but the thing i loved about prey was that it was like his equipment almost seemed primitive the only thing that i didn't like about it were the visions that they went through so the one vision that they had which had like the heads up display on it that came like the last time you saw that was I think in the movie Predator, The Predator, or maybe it was Predators. I think it was The Predator that that was in, and that was one of the things that I didn't like about it because it seemed like that was a jump ahead in technology, but it was way back in the 1700s. I need I need to see the very first Predator, you know, the one that has the helmet on, but everything then like analog and has like dials and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's this one, dude. So this 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 one's been dubbed the Primal Predator, and his face mask looks way less like a metal face mask and more like a bone face mask. It's really, I got to admit that the design that they did on this guy, I really liked. I liked a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, and one of the big gripes that I think everybody, like I think Wolfman, even was was bitching about it. Ah. Uh, and I say bitching lovingly, it's just, you know, a gripe that came up was that how could, you know, an Indian, you know, uh, feathers, not dots, how could an Indian kill a predator back in the 1700s? Um, and it just goes, like, the way the movie plays out goes to show exactly what they wrote in the books, which make it which explain so like in the books they explain there's soft meat and there's hard meat and hard meat is what they hunt, what they hunt which is the xenomorphs but soft meat you know uh, hard meat will will impale you will sneak up on you will you know can can kill you can eviscerate you in seconds in a one-on-one combat but soft meat is way more dangerous because soft meat can think and that's one of the things they show in this movie and pray is that humans can think 
And it's that element of surprise that always gives the predator an advantage. Once you take that surprise away, humans seem to be able to come out on top. You know what would be interesting if they kind of showcase that the entire reason why the predators are even interested in Earth is because we keep killing them. So, like, if it was like the prey goes in, uh, or the predator, the primal predator goes to planet Earth and then comes home and he's just like, yeah, I got like 50 of these guys, super easy, easy as hell, go on, have fun, or, you know, let's go find something a little bit more challenging. Or it's literally because we keep killing them, so they keep coming. So the mythos is exactly what you just said. So the reason they come to Earth is after they've been blooded, after they've become hunters, they come to Earth for like final prize, the final, like the ultimate hunt. Um, because soft meat, they do, they, humans keep killing all, like every, every predator that seems to show up, they seem to get killed. And how this one, like, okay, spoiler alert, this one dies too. Shocker, right? Um, how this one dies is it just, it, I didn't feel like it was taken away. The one thing that I got a question though. Because we saw the gun at the end of the second Predator movie. How did the gun get from Prey to the second Predator movie? I want to know that. Wait, there's a gun that transfers or transcends movies or decades or something? Okay, so do you, do you remember seeing Predator 2 with Danny Glover? I do remember it, but I don't remember the exact details of the movie. Okay, so, yeah, he's talking about the old flintlock pistol. Okay, so at the end of Predator 2, so at, at the, the Predators are big on trophies. If you, you know, if, if a Predator kills something, it takes a skull as a trophy. That's their big thing. Um, predators are big on trophies. So if you kill a Predator, you deserve a trophy. You deserve to walk away with a trophy. Well, they can't, they don't want to give you the technology. They don't want to give you all this other crap. However, they'll give you one of their trophies as kind of a thing. So at the end of Predator True, when uh, Predator 2, when Danny Glover kills that alien or kills that predator, other aliens, three three other predators show up. They they decloak. And literally he's standing there, and I th- I think he drops like he had the, the disc in his hand, and he literally drops it to the ground. And he says something like, All right, who's next? Something along, you know, so so he knows he's like he's way out of match. Like he knows I'm dead. Like, yeah, they gonna, throw the pistol and walk away. And literally, they pick up the dead and they walk away. And one turns around and it thro- he throws him a pistol. And in the pistol it says seventeen something on it. it. Has a specific inscription on it. Well, again, spoiler alert: you see that weapon, or at least what seems to be that weapon in prey. So I, I think know they'll, how probably, they they'll probably explain that away relatively easily. They'll probably create a sequel to it, and it, then that'll be a souvenir that one Predator manages to get and keep for themselves. Or, 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 so D, I'll get you in a second. Or, what I would prefer to see is that they go down the route of Alien versus Predator Prey, the book, and the pro- main protagonist in Prey ends up going off with the Predators. That I would want to see. Yeah, D. I was thinking, I thought, because of course they don't want to give their technology away that they stole. Wouldn't they have retrieved the body? I would or at least so. gone to pick up with the equipment. So 
it probably would have they would have found that too and picked that up as a you know memento maybe i mean they'll probably search for it but like i imagine like once a predator is killed they don't exactly necessarily know that that happened for if not like it obviously not immediately but it could take years or even decades for the signal to get out to where the wherever the home world is if the signal is even sent well, no. So the predators typically don't travel alone. They usually have multiple predators there. It's just one is going on a hunt and the other ones aren't. Yeah, they're on the ship. They still the ship still pulls off, leaving one to do that, and it comes back down. Well, so, maybe this is what started the buddy system. Maybe, maybe this started the buddy system. No, but if you remember, D, who had the gun at the end of Prey? She did. The main character. She did. So it yeah. means that she possesses that pistol. Maybe she went off with them. That's what which I'm would follow hoping. The books. I'm hoping that they go down that route. That they just look at her and they say, "You know what? She is badass enough. She's going to come with us." Because predators did do that. They some of the predators were actually stuff like you know humans that really proved themselves and they adopted them in. Well, that was what happened at the end of Alien versus Predator: Prey, the first book. Is that yeah? She ended up. She was blooded by that specific alien, by Broken Tusk, and she went off with them. So. I'm super excited. That's going to be what happened, but I'm kind of trying to like levy that excitement because I know they're going to screw it up. They just, they always do, but I'll be interested to see if they go down that route or not. I've always wanted to get a predator in a, uh, in a D and D game. Like I've always wanted to get a predator. I, I did a one-off where I had xenomorphs in a game and it turned out interesting. Um, I also did a, I did a one-off of Star Wars where there was a Xenomorph, but we never finished it, unfortunately. That was really fun. I, w- I wish we would have finished that. That was with Matt Man and Blue Shark. And I want to say Zyberblood was in it. But that would have been uh that would have been a really interesting one if I finished that. In theory, Xenomorphs are in the Star Wars universe. In theory, yeah. Because uh, eventually, like they say, at a, at a galaxy long, long ago and far, far away, and in the mythos, eventually our galaxy is populated by those same humans from that original. Okay, so galaxy. here's my question: Since we're talking about aliens and predators, what was your opinion? And I want to bounce between the two of you. So let's start with start with uh, D. What was your opinion of Prometheus and Alien Covenant? You know, I liked them. I thought they were pretty cool. I mean. Um, kind of give you a little background of kind of the uh you know the the progenitors of a lot of you know a lot of species and everything else and kind of like the guy that uh what was it that um that synthetic being david. that kind of started creating yeah david that started kind of creating them and you know kind of baking those mutating those uh xenomorphs i think that's i think i think he's the one like progenitor of that stuff like that it was kind of cool how he also went after the um uh the engineer sorry that that's the word i was trying to get out the engineers, it was kind of cool how he kind of committed genocide on them. And then, you know, that once they created the xenomorphs, of course, then the predators started using them. But I, I think that was kind of a cool thing. To be kind of a whole beginning evolution of that shit. Yeah, so it, it, if they, if that is the case, Prometheus and Alien Covenant actually break AVP. But you got to keep in mind, Alien versus Predator happened when? Like, some sometime in the in the two thousands, right? So Prometheus doesn't happen for what, hundreds of years. We're in space travel at that point in time. 
So that means David wasn't in existence until then. Yeah. Yeah, very, very true. But I mean, it's like, you know, I, I you know, I kind of like the new, think of it like a diverge, like a, kind of like an alternate way. Yeah, I, I just think it's kind of cool to go that route. I know the way it was supposed to be, but, you know, well, that, I think it's a neat way to go. That's where that's why I'm thinking maybe AVP has been stricken from canon and it's no longer actually canon. What about you, Shenzhou? What did you think of Prometheus and Alien Covenant? Hated You're them. You're really critical on them, so. Absolutely hated them. I thought okay. they were. I didn't like. I, I I do like some things. Like I liked the callbacks they did to the older ones, but I really hate how they violently ignore any sort of containment procedures of any sort on, an, on a on a on a planet that they'd have no idea about. They just go running off. There's obvious infections occurring, and they still ignore all that stuff. They don't run to the left or the right, <laughs> and they just keep running straight and get crushed. Like the entire movie is an exercise in stupidity. And I just, I hate it so much. Okay. Alien Covenant 2? Especially Alien Covenant. And I just, I just, I I wanted to like them so bad. And they went through this whole process of trying to explain things. And I think they would have been better off if they just didn't. Because they got, you know, they got so far up their own butt with the whole, like, we have to define everything. We have to discover everything. We have to find the creators and makers of humankind as well as the the aliens and all this other stuff. And I think in the process of doing that, they kind of forgot what they were going to tell in the storyline that was already in place. And it was just like, <sighs> it wasn't any fun. And everyone and their kid brother could have surmised the ending of Covenant. Like, as, oh, yeah, obviously the evil dude's going to win. That's that's going to be a thing. Fair enough. So, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure both of those movies were Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott came back for both of those, I believe. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I can check. I'm pretty sure those two movies were Ridley Scott because I don't know why I'm thinking that or H.R. Geiger. I want to say Ridley Scott because Ridley Scott was the person who was part of Alien and Aliens. Yeah, he directed yeah, it, would, it. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be H.R. Geiger. H.R. Geiger is the one that the, the artwork artist. inspired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that inspired the Aliens and all that stuff. That type of art. Yeah, style. Ridley Scott directed at least Alien Covenant. Okay, so I mean, this was his his story that he was trying to tell. I don't know. There, yeah, there was decades a, there was, later. <laughs> well, there was a lot about Prometheus. Like one of the things that I liked about Prometheus is that it wasn't an aliens movie. And I think one of the things that I think I found the most interesting about it was everybody was expecting it to be an aliens movie. And it really like he just went, no, that's I'm not making an aliens movie. I'm making a prequel that nobody asked for. Nobody in their right mind asked for a prequel to the Aliens movie. But he was like, yeah, I'm making it. And that's that right there gave, put a lot of interest for me in that movie. There's a lot of weird stuff that happened in it. I liked how they explained the um, the engineers or the or the the space jockey. Because remember the space jockey in the original Aliens movie or the original Alien movie. Sorry, not Aliens, Alien. So the space jockey was just this gargantuan being in a chair that like, had no definition or whatever. And, that, and literally Prometheus was 
pretty much the entire explanation for what a space jockey is. And I, I don't know. I liked it. The one thing I didn't like was how they just killed Shaw in between both movies. They were just like, hey, you know what? We got this great, really strong female protagonist that literally went through and was impregnated by somebody infected by this black goo and had a fucking weird ass face hogger squid thing grown inside of her. I went through all of that and managed to come out alive just to be killed off screen in between movies by like a crazy David. I don't know. Hang on. It, it, David didn't actually kill her. I believe how it went was that he actually cared deeply for her because she wasn't like everyone typically was. And he actually had some sort of mutual respect for her. I think the journey was just so long that she died of natural causes. Like it took them a long ass time to get to that planet. I've, how, what, was the, what was the time frame between the movies? Um, it wasn't that long because they literally flew in the ship to, the, to their homeworld. Uh, hold on, let's see if I can find it here. Yeah, so it says right here, sometime after the events of Prometheus, Shaw was killed by David. Because she wasn't that old when they put the shot of her on the table dead. Let's see if I can find that uh, shot of her autopsied on the table. Where is it? Well, there's literally just her <laughs> peeled open on the table. But I actually think it's kind of cool, like Prometheus and having like engineers creating us and like a progenitor race. <clears throat> is uh, you know, one of the myths of like the Sumerians is that basically you know they're gods, but some people take it as you know aliens or whatever. But you know, gods basically created us as a slave race. And then uh, you know, and some you know, a lot of ancient cultures had basically like you know sky gods, or what some could argue might have been like say you know, super powerful or technological extraterrestrial. So there's a lot of like, you know, some, you know, like the uh, um, Aborigines and like Australia kind of believe they came from the stars and shit. So it kind of plays into kind of that mythos, you know what I mean? I think it's kind of neat that we were, you know, created by a progenitor race or seeded or something like that, you know, a little panspermia. I just think that's kind of cool. So right, I sent I you the am... image in your, uh, in your inbox there, Cecil. Oh, um, I'm just going to put in recording chat. Yeah, I think what they basically did was uh, they did cut out the death. I just saw part of, I guess, the the cut script was that Shaw did snap her neck. But it looks like what they decided to go with is that either she was intentionally infected or she became accidentally infected and she passed away because of that. Well, I'd say everything that I'm finding says David killed her. I don't think it was ever actually explicitly... I mean, theories are, yeah, but I don't think it was ever explicitly listed in the I'm, movies, was it? I'm 99% sure, which means effectively I'm 100% unsure. But I'm 99% sure that David even references killing her in Alien Covenant. And I'll see if I can find the clip. I won't do it now because I'll just waste too much time. But I'll see uh, if I can says, find the clip. It says here that David has killed Shaw in order to use her DNA to develop more aliens and create his own special species. So she basically becomes the mother of aliens in, in one form go. or another. Yeah. 
I, I knew that I knew that he killed her. Because they do a shot of her literally sitting there on the table, like bed and like autopsied open, and it's like, uh, what? And they just kill her off screen. It was just like so, oh, so many questions. Like, one, how did David get his head reattached? Because David's head was ripped off by the engineer. How did David get his head reattached? Which it means that he must have, like, Shaw must have repaired him. And if she repaired him, then, like, why wouldn't you put in some failsafe to make it so you couldn't get killed by him? I don't know. Like, th- there's so many questions that I have on that. It's just, I thought, I thought that was one of my big things. My big gripes of that was they just cheaply killed her. Like, she was a very, I, I liked her character. I liked the, the nativity of her. Did I say that right? Nativity? I don't know. I'm going to run with it. Like the na- na- uh, like nativity, nativity, yeah, or the nativity. No, na- nativity, nativity is like the friggin' nativity scene that you have yeah. in front of the thing. Yeah, you're thinking, na- uh, yeah. being naive, just being naive, naive. yeah, Na- naivete. No, naivete. naivete. I don't know. What that's that doesn't I don't know. Right <laughs> anyway, well, we drink too we're much. We're not. Anyway. Uh, we're not English majors. But I, she had a she had a certain amount of being naive. Nativity. That. When everything started to happen and she, you know, like she was full on thinking this is a research mission, but everybody else on the thing was like, no, dude, this is for a company to make money. Like, that's what this is all about. But she was like, no, no, this is totally research. And she had it stuck in her head that this was a research thing. But at no point in time did anybody didn't not. The guy, yeah, didn't the guy that played David also play Magneto in the X-Men? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Is it like Fessbanger or... I don't know. But David? yeah, that's Magneto. Nah. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Alien Covenant, I, I, like, I liked what they did with David's character. I just wish they didn't just kill Shaw off screen. I, I would have liked to see that. Michael Fessbender. Sorry. Um, yeah, anyways, Prey, definitely worth a watch. I uh, I enjoyed it, Shinzu. I I full on expect you to tear it apart and find everything to hate about it. But I'm interested to hear what you have to say once you watch it. Uh, watch I watch Prey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll give it a shot. Um, I'll have to find a way to watch it. I don't own a Hulu subscription, but I will definitely find a way. If there's life. Life finds a way. Well. And on that, on that note, D, where can people find you at, man? People can find me on my website, microbrewgamers with a Z instead of an S.com. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. I've got my own uh, microbrewgamers uh, Discord. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel. Uh, basically, just about anywhere. Bicycle. What about you, Shinzu? Where can people find you at? People can find me here at the GNA Podcast, or if you happen to be on Twitch, you can find me on my channel, Just About Right. That is Just About Right, but Right is spelled with an R, the number one, G-H-T, because I created Just About Right channel and then immediately forgot all the login credentials, so then I had to recreate it. That's about right. (laughs) And I'm Cecil Xavier, your host. You can find me on Cecil vs. Games on Twitter, Cecil Xavier everywhere else. Um, I won't even list all the places, but look, I- I'm there. If I'm not, let me know. I'll, I'll go there, too. 
don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Reviews help people find the show. So if you enjoy listening to us, let other people know. You can find us on Google Play Podcast, uh, iTunes, Your Listen, Spreaker, MyTune. I think I said MyTune twice. Uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're a whole bunch of places. If we're not, let us know. We'll upload there as well. We're partnered with Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle, Humble Bundle is a game purchasing service with a twist. You get to purchase games and then you also get to um, donate to charity simultaneously. So it's a, it's a cool cause. Just put the question mark partner equals GNA podcast. Uh, oh God, that bourbon burps so well. Um, question mark equals GNA podcast. End of any of your links for Humble Bundle. Let them know we sent you. you. Put any sliders that you have all the way down to zero. We don't want your money. We, in fact, want you to give that money to charity, to the developers, maybe a few bucks to Humble Bundle. Not to us, though. Um, go check out our website at www.gnapodcast.com. Uh, there's links over there to Microboo's website, as well as to our Discord. Discord is where we do all our major chatting. We're pretty chill there. We, uh, you know, there's not... We don't like get super into everybody's face. We uh, try to play games every now and then. I think the latest one we're playing is Terraria, DNIR. So hopefully we can get some more people to play Terraria. Maybe if there's some other games that come out, we'll uh, we'll jump down that le- that uh, that road as well. But yeah, thank you guys for joining, man. It's fun. Thank you. It was it was a lot of fun, and you're very welcome <clears throat> that I joined. <laughs> I love you, man. Have a good night. You too. Good night, all.